And welcome to tonight's episode of Chatterbox. I am Suzanne from SuzanneDecree.com, and with me, as always, is Liz Tapia, the Dark Angel from DarkBeautyMusic.com. Hello, Suzanne, and hello, listeners. Hello, Liz, and hello, everyone out there in podcast world. We have a really exciting, exciting episode today. We yes, we do. We were sitting around chatting the one day. I know you're shocked, Liz and I talking. <laughs> it's true. We do talk a lot, <laughs> frequently. Sometimes, just to see what happens, one of us will get on one side of Brian, the other one will get on the other side of Brian, and we just talk until he crawls under the couch. All he hears is. <laughs> There we go so, again, complete with sound effects. Complete with sound <laughs> effects. Yes, you heard it here first on Chatterbox. So we have a really exciting episode. One of the things that we were sitting around talking about is that we love finding out or, or listening to our our favorite artists, our favorite singers, musicians talk about their their journey through the writing process, through the creative process. And we thought... You know, if we're interested in that, surely someone else in the world must be interested in that. So we figure we would start going behind the scenes every so many episodes and just kind of give you the who, the what, and the why behind what we do and where, how we arrived at it. I think it's some of the most interesting things to talk about because a lot of people, I would think, would have a lot of questions on that. I know I do. I know I, I do will, too. I, I will skip through YouTube and, and go, okay, great. You're, you're doing an interview. Tell me something I want to hear. I don't, I don't, you know, you're touring Europe. I'm, I'm not going to go to Europe to see you tour. Tell me something about your writing process. Tell me something about your creative process. And that is what we decided to do today. So hopefully this will help some of you musicians along. And if you're, you know, if you're here as a, as a fan, maybe it'll just give you a little more insight into the scariness that is our brains. And there is a lot of scary in there. And some butterflies. And some clutter. Yeah, a little bit of clutter. Please refer to episode one. <laughs> Go back and review. I am so stoked. You know, this isn't a, a song that I'm working on, but I've spent uh, almost, what, two years of my life on this project. And I had one of those epiphanies way back when, when I was, I was learning guitar off of uh, Mark Cook and Duquesne, Duquesne University here in Pittsburgh. The first time he showed me the caged system and, it, you know, of course the first few weeks were going over basic chords that I already knew and I was bored out of my skull and I refused to practice them and blah, 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 blah. I was the world's worst guitar student for anyone who cares. But when he showed me what I could do with this system, it was like this epiphany and, and the guitar neck opened up and I was like, oh my goodness, this changes everything. This changes how I write. This changes how I arrange. This changes how I think about 
writing and arranging because now I've got options. And I've got options that I never had before. From the, you know, four or five basic chords that, that we were going over and over and over and over, he showed me in about five minutes how to unlock the entire neck and play basically any chord anywhere on the neck. So from five chords, I go to 300 in a matter of minutes. And to me, it was the most amazing thing because it really transformed how I thought about the guitar, how I thought about writing, how I thought about arranging. That was a real aha moment, huh? It was an aha moment. And it wasn't just an aha moment for my playing. I started teaching guitar when I was 18 years old. And this was a way for me to help unlock the guitar for my students. Fast forward a few years, we have the wonderful age of the interwebs. And I'm thinking to myself, self, you've got this kind of unique spin on the caged system and how to put these chords up and down the neck. And, you know, at this point, I'd been teaching it for 20 something years, you know, 18 to <clears throat> years old. I've, I've become really good at showing the visual aspects of these chords and how to unlock the neck. So I decided that I was going to take all of this knowledge I had about all of these chords and put them into one comprehensive course for anybody who wants to learn to play guitar. I think that's important because the visual, well, at least for me, the visual is crucial because that's how I learn. And I know people learn different ways. And uh, it's great if you have that coupled with the graphics and, you know, whatever lesson plans that you have on there. It just makes the whole thing, I think, a lot easier to grab onto. You know, one thing that, that a lot of guitar teachers, guitar teachers in particular, don't think about is, you know, I had to work just as hard at teaching as I had to work on my guitar. Teaching is not an easy thing. You know, it's not. And I, I, you know, I can agree with you on that, especially with me having gone through so many teachers on my end with voice. It's, uh, it's one thing to know how to do something really well. And it's another thing to teach it really well. You know, you can perform, you can be a great performer, but that doesn't necessarily mean you could be a great teacher. And that's an important differentiation. Because I had students who from taking lessons from me, actually went to music school. First two or three years of music theory, they had no problem with because they had those foundations. All of their friends were struggling, their friends who were in band at school and and taking from all of these teachers who were, you know, certified and had gone through years and years of music school. And the guys who came from me were having no problem, even though I had never gone to music school. You know, that was the yes, I can do this and I do have the talent and I do have the, the teaching chops, quite frankly, to be able to disseminate this information, to get this information out in a useful and practical way. Well, this sounds like such an interesting course and it's really cool because it's got a lot of great graphics. You have worked on this program for so long and it really shows in the in the program. I have seen the course. I have seen the course. 
And I have to say, it's very well done. The graphics are clear. Uh, Your lesson plans are very clear. It's very user-friendly and very easy to understand. So where can we get this course, Suzanne? We can get this by visiting my website, SuzanneDecree.com. And bonus points. Bonus points? Bonus points starting on January 23rd. You want to get on there. You want to sign up now because January 23rd, we're going to do a free five day chord domination challenge. Oh, that sounds like fun. I know, right? So you're going to be able to play. We're going to take the intro to a song. Four chords. going to show you how to play those chords. Day two is going to be all about how to put those chords together so they sound good. By the end of the week, you will be rocking out on those chords and you'll actually be able to do a little bit more. And four chords. You know how many songs are based on four chords? You know, Brian has said this to me so many times, and I can only imagine there are so many songs that you could play with a variation of those same four chords. There are 95% of all songs are played with three or four chords. That's incredible when you really think about it. And I'm sure there's uh, a lot of technique to that, which, of course, you brilliantly show in your course. Thank you. Thank you. And again, how do we get to that course? By going to SuzanneDecree.com. And just to give you a little taste, I do happen to have a a guitar. Um, So, for example, I'm going to play a little, I'm going to play a different song than the one that you're going to learn. Let's see who can all, who can, who can guess what the song is. very very basic that's actually the way the song was written but if you just apply a couple of the uh concepts that i'll be showing you instead of playing all first position chords that everyone knows you can actually start moving them up the neck that actually sounds very different or totally it's very different as far as the timbre goes but it's the same basic arrangement of notes. That's actually a little bit different of an A minor. You get a little bit extra high end on that. And then you can actually do a completely different G major. And you get a different overall sound. So it helps with writing because I can, I can write that which is uh, basically a reversed uh, Take It Easy by the Eagles. Right? <laughs> same sounds three great. Chords. <laughs> same three chords. Um, but I can, I can create a different... It sounds completely different, even though it's the same thing. As that. It's amazing just by switching up the pattern a little bit and Yeah, just by switching up 
sounds different. It, it gives you a unique perspective. It gives you an entirely different way to visualize the neck and it gives you a, a way to arrange guitar. You know, you don't have every single violin in an orchestra playing the exact same thing. You have first violin, second violin, you have soloists. Not everybody plays the same thing in an orchestra. If, well, you if have everybody did, people, it would be very boring. Right. And you have five people sitting around a campfire with guitars. What do they do? They all grab the same chords. So this will help break you out of that. And this will help open up the neck so you can play whatever you want to play. You can go on any guitar tab site you want, pick out whatever song you want with whatever chords, and you will be able to play them. It sounds great. And I hope you guys go and check it out at SuzanneDecree.com. It is on its own page, right? There's a, is there a course tab? There is a course tab. You would be able to sign up and there should also be a, uh, a drop down box that, that you can sign up on, on the website. Oh, and don't forget to let them know that this is free. The sign up is free for the five day challenge. The five day challenge is absolutely free. No strings attached. (laughs) That's a good one. (laughs) I know, right? Well, hopefully you have strings attached, but not to the offer, only on your guitar. This is true. Otherwise, uh, we're not going to be hearing any music at all. (laughs) Right. But you're going to have, there's going to be an emailed video every morning. Plan on about 10, 15 minutes on that video to get your day started. And then we're going to be doing a Facebook live group every evening so that you can jump on, ask questions and, and, uh, you know, get some insight as to how you can better your playing and how you can get started. That sounds like so much fun. I can't wait. Me either. All right, guys, you heard it. That's right. And now for a brief pause while we hear a word from our sponsors. Hi, this is Reginald P. Hassenpfeffer. I used to be very, very difficult in my life, but then I started purchasing man ponds. Well, I didn't, but my wife did. And now I whine a lot less in my life. Man ponds for that whiny man in your life. It'll make life better for you. And now, back to our program. And I believe you had something really interesting that you wanted to talk about on the DB side. You know, I thought it would be really fun to introduce and talk a little bit about the behind the scenes process as we write and how we've gotten here. And um, I wanted to take our listeners, especially our new listeners that are coming on board and getting to know who we are, uh, a little bit about uh, what Dark Beauty has done and who we are. And uh, yeah, so I thought it would be really fun to take us through the first, uh, the the album from the first song all the way through. Of course, in this podcast, we're just going to go over uh, our first song, which is Dark Lullaby. And Suzanne's going to be playing and queuing up a little piece of that as we talk about it. Mm-hmm. But first, what I'd like to do is just let people know a little bit about Dark Beauty and how we started. Uh, I know many of you know that uh, I was writing since back in the day of 2009. And throughout the first song started developing the character of the Dark Angel. And I came up with uh our debut album Fall from Grace, which is the direction I started heading towards trying to tell the story of the angel that in her tragic fall. And 
the story that I came up with is basically that she was banished from heaven and she gets pulled down uh, from grace above and she falls deep into the woods of the dark primeval forest. Um, She has a broken wing and now, you know, as the story moves on, you're going to find out that she rules this old abandoned castle that contains all of these secret passages and hidden staircases and, um, she's in the ruins down there. So the story is going to get very interesting. And it was really fun to work with the musicians that we ended up getting on board for this project, because it's not so easy. The music is very complicated. Um, so one of the things that I had to do was work on finding the right people for the project, which Suzanne, as you know, it's not an easy task to do that. It is not. I know. I had to hound my poor singer for three years before she finally said yes. It's hard. It's got to be the right fit. It does. Aside from the talent, do you find that the personalities also have to be there? Like it has to be a, a group that works together, a group that can work together. A group that can be on a tour bus together. Do do you find that as necessary as the actual musical talent? I think so, because I think part of when you go into this kind of situation, you know, you're basically sort of living with these people, uh, even though I haven't gotten the experience to tour with them yet. So I can't give you my <laughs> a history from that. But I can tell you that um, the musicians that I was able to get on board are really, they're monster musicians. I mean, they're all amazing. They're all super talented. And I just want to mention uh, Warren Helms, who's an amazing keyboard player. You're going to hear him throughout Dark Lullaby and other selections as we go through. And his amazing style, Brian Ziegler, who is also my co-writer on this project, he has brought so much to this piece and all the other pieces that we're writing together. And he really brings the rock influence. And so now, here's, here's my question. Cause I know I've, I've known Brian actually longer than either one of us has known you. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, and I know Brian came from a prog rock and jazz background. Yes, he did. So how does that fit? How do you mesh that with your classical influences? Does that, is that something that's hard to get? fit together? Did it come together rather easily? How did that work? I think for us, you know, it it took a bit in the beginning, but when you're able to give somebody a really good piece of music, somehow they're just able to latch onto it and make it work. You know, one of the things that seems to come easy to me, maybe that's how I should say it is, I don't know why, but I I have an easy time coming up with melodies. But I also have a very, at the same time, I have a very complicated ear and way of listening to music. So what seems very easy to me ends up always being very complicated when I give it to the musicians. But particularly with this first song, Dark Lullaby, just had such a beautiful melody to it. I remember sitting at the piano and just playing it over and over. And it was just kind of a hook that just kept going through my ears. And I just knew that this was a great piece. I just loved it. I loved it more than you could possibly know. And what was really interesting was when I gave it to him, Brian took it and he just ran with it. I mean, because the melody was there and there was a lot to work with, he was able to just grab onto it. And I mean, I don't know if I want to say easy, but he seemed to have so many ideas already 
waiting to, you know, to be added on to to the song. And he just had a lot to offer. And it just came together so beautifully. When he played me the parts that he wrote in in the song, I was blown away. And I, I couldn't have written anything like that on my own. I mean, it was the two of us coming together is really what made this piece and the and the way it's arranged. And that's really where he comes in his skills in arranging, especially with, you know, the eclectic background that he has. So that was a real, real big plus. So I'm actually, I'm really excited to share the opening of Dark Lullaby. So maybe we can play the beginning part up to where the vocals come in. And then I'll talk a little bit about that. So stay tuned. Suzanne's going to cue this up for us. So that is obviously a very dramatic opening that that sets the mood for the entire, entire album. You know, I'm so happy that you're saying that because I absolutely love, love, love this song. And it has really become quite popular as part of the story. Um, It gets a lot of airplay and I love it. It's, you know, it's, it's the beginning part of the story where the angel is falling and you know that she's coming into something that is not going to be a good situation. And it just has all of the suspense and the drama built in right from the get go. So you can already feel it as soon as the music starts. Now, I know I've said before, Fall from Grace is an amazing journey. Um, You know, it is an amazing journey from start to finish. And for this, for Dark Lullaby to start off that journey, it's, it's just the perfect piece. It's the perfect piece to start that off. The strings, the piano, the mood. Well, I got to tell you, I cannot ask for a better introduction for my vocals to come in. I mean, it's just, it's so beautiful, the entire piece. And... You know, and it's not an easy piece either. It's a very complicated song um, as you listen throughout and all the changes. But, you know, it's incredible to hear it from when I get, you know, when I'm listening to it just as a piano piece. It's so different when you add all of the other instruments to it. So I was really, really happy with it. And again, it just brilliantly opens up this beautiful tale and, and very sad tale of the poor dark angel falling into this world. But... Uh, a story that needs to be told, and I hope that our listeners will go and check it out uh, at darkbeautymusic.com. You can actually just click on the track there and you can listen to 
uh, all of the tracks are on the music page under the music tab. So feel free to go and check it out. You could also listen to it on Spotify. But what we're going to do is we're going to play the next part where all of the creepy voices come in. So Suzanne, let's go ahead and cue that up and then we'll talk about that. Okay. So we're listening to this, and I think somewhere in the middle there, I heard a guy that I used to date. <laughs> he probably was in there. Not such a good thing if he's down in Markoom, though. Nah, no. I mean, tell me about it. Tell me about it. I mean, you've heard a good portion of my dating life. It hasn't gone well. Well, I'm sure then they probably might be down there already. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this part of the song represents what in the storyline? So this is still obviously, you know, the very beginning of the story where she is falling and falling. And I love, love, love this middle section because, you know, you can really feel the drama building and this haunting presence of evil that's about to surround this poor angel. And one of the things that I thought was really cool was the way Brian wrote the middle section of this piece. And I think you can you can not only feel the drama, but especially the way he interacts with Warren's keyboards. You know, they go back and forth and you can feel the tension building. And then you just you can tell where she's falling and she lands in this very dark world. And of course, you know, we hear along the way these creepy voices that just sort of they're like summoning her. They're like all these little demons down there. And they're just kind of like tugging at her as she's falling. So I have a pretty interesting way of depicting this on stage, which is hopefully where I'm going to get to someday, someday soon. Hmm. But what did, what did you think of the creepy voices when you heard those? Well, aside from the guy that I used to date. <laughs> it was um, him. <laughs> it, it was him. I'm pretty sure that was him. Um, no, I really liked it. I think... One of the things that I really like about the album in general is there is an ethereal quality throughout that really makes you question. And, you know, as previously mentioned, uh, probably on several podcasts, the first thing I do with a new album is I turn the lights out, I put the headphones on and I zone. Certain albums just have that quality where it's very ethereal and it transports you. It takes you someplace else. I'm so happy to hear you say that because this is such an escape 
from every day. And that's exactly what I was hoping to do when some, you know, when anyone is listening to is that, you know, just throw on a pair of headphones, close your eyes and just let the music take you away. And that's exactly, I think what this piece is able to do. It kind of transports you somewhere else. Yes. And it very successfully, very successfully. I, this is one of my favorite albums to listen to in the dark, loud with the headphones. And that's the nicest thing you've ever said to me, Suzanne. (laughs) But it's, it it is an amazing piece of work. And I, you know, I applaud you guys because I know I'm, I'm writing my theme album right now. And it's, you know, it's not easy. It's not easy to keep the theme going. It's not easy to stay consistent. Too many theme albums and concept albums are, um, there's the dog again. Too many theme albums and concept albums are so disjointed where they may have a theme running through all of the songs, but the songs don't necessarily fit together. Well, that was the hardest thing that I had to work on in album one. And, you know, this next batch of songs that we're getting ready to release now for the second part of our story, um, we're going to do just that. We're going to release it as a batch of songs and then sort of work backwards because there's a couple of things that I still want to fill in to the first disc. So what we'll end up doing is just kind of piecing together, you know, the way we want the story told from start to finish and, you know, package this as a two disc uh, CD set. You know, that's what the show would be. So, right. Well, I'm glad that we got an opportunity to share your fantastic, uh, vibrant chords, which I'm excited for people to go check out as well. Don't forget, it's at SuzanneDegree.com. And thank you all for listening to uh, Dark Lullaby. We hope you enjoyed it. And again, please share your comments and let us know uh, your feedback. We welcome the opportunity to interact with you guys on our Facebook page, which Suzanne will give you. Facebook.com slash groups slash Chatterbox Rocks. Thank you so much. We love having you guys with us, and it really means a lot for you to share and be a part of these projects. Uh, We are working hard to make it happen. Well, until next time, we'll see you at the next episode. See you next episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Chatterbox. 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 Chatterbox.